Hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Growth Podcast. This is the GPS Podcast. My name is Sui. I'm so excited you're here. And this week we're talking about what they don't tell you about entrepreneurship. Thank you, everybody, for coming back to the Growth Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, the fact that you're listening obviously means you're still alive. God has given you another shot at life. Uh, so am I. Uh, grateful, as always, that uh, I am breathing and I'm hopeful that uh, you are also enjoying good health. If you're not in good health, um, I hope that you get well soon. And uh, if you know someone that is struggling with your health, I also pray that they get well soon. So like I said, this week, our focus is on some of the things that they do not tell you about entrepreneurship. You and I know that entrepreneurship is glorified um, around the world, obviously, given that, you know, it is the go-to for most people that do not have um, employment. Others have got no desire whatsoever to be employed. They just want to focus on their business. So if you fall in any of these two categories, then today's edition of the podcast is dedicated to you. So we're discussing lessons. There are actually a number of them. Must be five, I think, if I'm not mistaken. There are five lessons um, that no one tells you about business, about running a business, about all the nitty gritties of entrepreneurship. And you obviously will want to save this podcast because at some point, I do know that if you're running a business, you may want to come back. If you are anticipating or prospecting to run a business later, also in the future, you may want to come back. So let's get into some of these lessons that we did highlight that people will not tell you when it comes to entrepreneurship. The first one is that 99%, and that's a huge percentage, eh? 99% of people will either not understand or they will not support your choice at first, but that's okay. And by choice, I'm referring to a business. Sometimes, depending on our upbringing, some of our parents may not be for the idea of doing a particular business. There are some businesses in Zambia that are still seen by many as being unorthodox. For example, a young man goes to his parents and says, mom and dad, I want to be a musician. How will African parents take it? Chances are they will not support that. So now this 99% of people that would either not understand or support your choice of business at first, maybe friends, maybe relatives, maybe co-workers, or just general acquaintances. These people understand this, eh? People who are close to you, it's not a must that they must believe in you or your business in order for you to believe in yourself. But the challenge we have, most of us, is we have this self-pity. You feel that because your friend hasn't bought your product or because your friend feels your product that you're selling is not good enough, then the product is not good enough. So we glorify those around us. We give them so much power over us. But if you understand, in the very beginning, at the get-go, if you understand that 99% of the people will not believe in the business, they will not support the business, they will not understand the business, then when someone doesn't believe in the business, when they don't buy into the business, when they don't support the business, you should not be surprised. Why? Because they are falling in the category of the 99%. Entrepreneurship, running a business, is not made for people who are risk averse or people who are safety dependent. Safety dependent means 
I am running a business and in the back of my mind, I know to say it's guaranteed my brother will buy from me. It's guaranteed my friend will support. It's guaranteed that my coworkers will buy from me. That is safety dependent. It's like your safety net. You see how your salary is a safety net in life? If your business fails, ah, I still have money from my salary. Now, people make others the safety net for their business. They believe as long as I have friends, I have one or two customers. And the moment that those friends you thought would buy actually do not buy, you get demoralized, you get discouraged, you get depressed. And before you realize it, you shut down the business. Why? Because you designed a business that revolves around your close relatives, that revolves around your friends, that revolves around those people who you are close to. Do not do that. Understand that entrepreneurship and running businesses is made for people who are opportunity-driven. Opportunity-driven basically means I have seen a business opportunity here. I can supply this product here. People can buy this product. And if the opportunity is worth it, I will go for it. Whether my friends believe in it or not, whether they're going to buy from me or not, what I'm focusing on is here. There is a business opportunity. When you have that kind of mindset, it doesn't matter who buys from you. All you're seeing is, look, there's a gap in the market here. Let me fill that gap with my business. That's it. Whether my friends or family support or not, I have a solid opportunity I am going after. Please do not, do not tie your business to support from family or friends. Because when that fails, the business fails together. Lesson number two, okay? When you scale a business, when you grow a business, you also grow its problems. That's a fact, eh? When the business grows, the problems also grow. If I am running a business and I'm the only person, okay? So the business is based on personal performance. It's just me. Now, when the business begins to grow, when the business begins to scale, I also then begin to increase the number of employees that I have. So I'll have two employees or three employees or four employees. What that means is that the cost of doing that business has gone up. The business has grown, but so have its costs. If I was alone, now it means I must find some office space. Office space is not free. Rent has come up. So as you continue to expand the business, the business also is going to grow in terms of problems, in terms of costs, and in terms of challenges. The challenges or the problems the business had when it was a small business and the problem the business will have when it's at medium level are different. The challenge, however, is that most entrepreneurs, most people who are running businesses do not account for this. And that kills most businesses before they even reach the level where they are scalable. Do not hide from the problem. Anticipate it. Anticipating the problem means, look, I am at a sole trader level. I am a sole business. The business is just me alone at the moment. But then I understand that, look, this will not always be the case. I may have to hire people in the future. The business may have to expand in the future. When I anticipate the growth and I anticipate the problems, when those things actually happen, I am not surprised and the business is not shocked at the problems that it's facing all of a sudden. Why? Because the business anticipated the growth, but it also anticipated the problems. Most entrepreneurs, most people running businesses, they envision the business growing, but they do not envision the problems also growing. And so when the problems actually come, you are surprised. And because you're surprised, you fail to deal with those problems. And before you realize it, the business begins to crumble. Let's go to number three, lesson number three, okay, um, on what they won't tell you about running a business. 
Failing forward is helpful to a certain extent. But, now, before I focus on the but, I want to talk about failing forward. So failing forward is basically you embracing failure as a stepping stone for your future success. When you fail in a particular business field, instead of someone who's failing forward, when the business fails, when the business struggles, you are learning lessons. You are learning how not to do things a certain way. You begin to understand that, look, if I do this, this is what happens. For me to achieve that, I must change that based on the failures from the past. That's failing forward. Failing backward is there's a problem. You failed, you stopped the business. You want to start another business. They say the best business to start is the one you've always been failing at because you have a deeper working understanding of how that business works. Now, I said there's a but, eh? So I said failing forward is helpful to a certain extent, but there comes a time when mentorship from someone who's in a similar business, someone who is doing the same business, someone who's done the same business before and is able to see your problems before they even actually come is a necessity, not an option. So at a certain level in the business, when the business fails and struggles, mentorship becomes a must. Sit at their feet and learn from them. You need to get out of your own way and get help. That is very important because the challenge we have is that most entrepreneurs are not willing to learn. You don't want to learn from others who've done what you're doing at the moment. That level of pride will choke your business because you cannot know everything. By identifying a mentor who's done the business before and learning from them, you avoid mistakes you would have made if you were alone running that business. Do not underestimate the power of mentorship. Now, mentorship doesn't have to be from someone who's a billionaire or a millionaire or they drive fancy cars. No, it can be. I run a saloon. I've been running a saloon for two years. I know Sharon has been running a saloon for five years. I can learn from Sharon. I can get Sharon as my mentor. What is it that Sharon is doing very well that I'd like to learn? That is how mentorship works. Proximity, being close to those who are doing what you want to do and learning from them. They don't have to be very far apart in years. Mentorship doesn't mean the person must be 50 or 60 for them to mentor you. It can be someone who's even younger than you, but their business is more experienced than yours. I should write that down. Okay, so that's that's a very important point, by the way. Let's go to the next um, lesson. That's lesson number four, okay? Your pride and ego, especially young people, your pride and ego are always the biggest block for the business. They are always the biggest enemy, the biggest stumbling block for your business. And this is how it works. Most people take things that happen in the business personally, Everything in this business that happens, you take it personal. You have a client that has been your client for a long time. Then all of a sudden, the client comes and says, you know what? We can't do business with you anymore. We have decided to go for your competitor. So we're going to drop you and we are beginning to work with company X. And then you take it personal. You begin to wonder what is wrong with you as a person. You begin to question yourself and you think they've, they've, they've betrayed you. They have let you down after all you've done for them. You are their friend. You are their what? You take those things personal, but you're forgetting that they are making a purely business decision. Maybe something in your business has changed. Maybe you're not as effective as you were when you first took them on as a client. 
Maybe you're not as effective or as good as you were. Maybe you are slower in delivering. Maybe the quality of your work has diminished over time. And the new guy that's coming on is promising them what they initially wanted when they came to you. If you have pride, you will not sit back and say, look, where is the learning opportunity here? What is making my client leave me now? How can I improve so that I do not lose any more clients? Now, you cannot think like that if you are focused on taking it personal. Because if you take it personal, it clouds your judgment. You can't see clearly. All you're focusing on is, they don't like me, she has a problem with me, that woman has attitude, she has what? Why? Because you're taking things personal and your pride is coming before the interests of the business. Remember, you are not your business. You as an individual may be okay, everything about you is perfect, but your business may have the problem. So look at the business and understand where is the problem in the business. Not me as the individual. I'm okay. These people are not leaving me. They are leaving my business. So look inward. What is wrong with the business? If you have clients who no longer come to buy from you, it's not you, it's the business. If you have clients that are complaining about the quality of service or product, they're not complaining about you, the person. They're complaining about what the business is doing, the products that the business is producing, the services that the business is offering. That is where you have to look and you have to take away the temptation to take any such incidences personally. That's the end of the podcast for this week. We're back next week with another exciting episode of the Growth Podcast. This has been episode number eight. Number nine is coming next week. I hope you find the time. I wish you good health and keep growing.